Hello and welcome everyone to another InventRight webinar, Master the Art of Licensing. So before we introduce our guests tonight, we'll introduce you to the other folks that are on the line. I'm over there on the left. I'm the guy without the glasses. My name is Andrew Krauss and I co-founded InventRight almost 21 years ago now. I need to look up the date, Stephen. And Stephen, with Stephen Key, and he's on the left. He's the guy with the glasses there looking super sharp, uh, way sharper than me. And we have been coaching and mentoring inventors for the last 20 years to license their products to small, medium, large companies. And uh, we've had uh, just, I mean, the last 15 days, we had 11 students license products to companies, which is really, really cool. So tonight, our special guest is uh, Jeff Goronsky. And one of our coaches, Courtney, who's over there on the left, Courtney Laskowicz, she is one of our coaches, and she licensed four products to Jeff. So, Courtney, thanks. thank you for connecting us with Jeff so everybody can connect with him, our whole audience. So thank you so much, Courtney. Absolutely, Andrew. I'm really excited for this one, and I'm, I'm glad uh, Jeff was able to make the time. He's a really cool guy, but uh, I think you guys will soon learn about that yourselves. Cool. So, Jeff, are you flying solo tonight, or is your, is your son on, too, going to shave your head while you're talking? No, I'm solo. No, no, no okay. head shaving during this. <laughs> well, let's so, do this. Steven, let's start a, let's, go ahead. Are we ready to go, Andrew? Because I'm just going to yeah, jump go for it, man. I'm excited about this. Jeff, let's start at the very beginning. All right. You're, uh, you started your company because you're an inventor. Is that correct? Well, I didn't know I was an inventor. Um, I, I was just a college student with an idea. I uh, was on the top bunk of a bunk bed, had no place to put my alarm clock, drink, eyeglasses, TV remote, and um, jumping in and out of bed to, to turn my alarm clock off or whatever it might be just didn't make sense. So I, I made a shelf out of wood, and uh, I guess I guess that made me uh, become an inventor. But I, I didn't think of myself, per se, as an inventor until seeing a problem and, and solving it for myself and then taking it to the next step. So how do you go from that initial, hey, I've got this problem, I, I figure it out. Um, how do you go from that to, to running a company now? I mean, how do you do that? I mean, did you know that this is what you're going to do because you specialize in one particular area? In fact, Andrew, can you go to his website so people can see? Yeah, I was about to oh, Jeff, how'd you make the jump from like, hey, I've got this one idea, now I'm selling all these great products on the internet? Yeah, it was a lot of baby steps. So when I when I made it for myself, you know, other other friends, students saw it and they're like, hey, that's kind of a good idea. And I was like, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, at the time, I was also a, an entrepreneurial studies major, marketing major. And I thought, well, why not just try to make it and sell it? Um, so, yeah, I made a small batch, maybe 30 units um, in the basement. It, it looked horrible. Uh, I just a wooden thing that was kind of even mismade. I'm not a carpenter, just I couldn't even, I can't even believe I had the audacity to try to sell it, to be honest. Um, but to start the year, I, I took it to incoming freshmen and their parents and, on campus. And what uh, what happened was they bought it. I, I couldn't believe it. I probably would have sold out except my university, uh, which I'll keep nameless, uh, decided that I was soliciting and the campus police ran me off campus telling me uh, I couldn't sell anything. So I only sold maybe half the batch, but I think I would have sold out had I been allowed to continue. Um, but yeah, that was the first step in seeing 
other people who worked, you know, obviously everyone works hard for, for what they earn, look at this item and say, yes, it provides value, it provides need. Let's, uh, I'm going to make the purchase. So that kind of gave me that taste of it, but I didn't do anything right away with it. Okay. Jeff, so what, what initially, you know, you're thinking, what's that? This is possible. I can't start a company off of one product. Uh, none of my family members are business people. They're all kind of in science related fields and I didn't have cash flow coming out of college. Uh, how can I do this? I don't know where to start, what to do. I, I think I read every inventing book uh, on the market 10 times, um, just, just everything I could possibly do. And this is back in 2000, 2001. So I didn't think I could do it. I ended up landing a job in pharmaceutical sales and enjoyed my career. It was, it was good. It was an enjoyable job. I liked it. Um, lived in Utica, New York. Uh, not a greatest place, but I was just had a job out of college. I was happy. And then one day I saw the leftover bedpost shelves in my closet. And I said, why, why do I have these things? I'm not in college. I'm not near a dorm. I'm not selling wooden bedpost shelves. I'm not a hoarder. Uh, there's no reason to have these wooden shelves. Um, but I couldn't sleep for days. I, I really couldn't. I, I was starting to get that feeling there must be a, a God-given reason why I have these things. And ultimately, found myself praying about what to do. You know, where do I go next? And, and really said, if I'm meant to own a company, if I'm meant to launch this product, which I still believed at that time I had no capacity or knowledge to do, well, then I just, I just ultimately prayed for guidance on leading me in that direction. And from that point on, I was essentially led. I ended up doing extremely well in pharmaceutical sales, which gave me the confidence that if I could run, if I could do great at my job, if I could do great for my employer, then maybe I could do great in creating my own company. Um, but I needed that. I needed to prove, be able to prove that, hey, I can run my job at the, the highest capacity. Um, and then during that, when that started succeeding, I started slowly, you know, getting the product developed. I found an engineer. I had it made. I had prototypes. I, you know, did focus groups and spent a couple of years doing all that. And then finally, when the time was right, I just said, you know what? You live once. You live once. Just let's do it. I could always go back to pharmaceutical sales if I fail. But 50 years from now, I won't be able to go back and say, what if I tried that bed post shelf idea? So I had 10,000 units made, all savings, all um, investor money, bank, friend, family, everything, and just put it all on the line. And um, before you know it, 10,000 units were in. I didn't have any sales. And so I, I had to start selling. And that's the one thing I, I knew I knew how to do from my, my one job. And I drove around the entire country, uh, sleeping out of my car when I had to, finding the cheapest motel and paying with pennies. Uh, Wichita, Kansas still sticks in my memory because that was the cheapest motel I found for, for $18 and just using change. Um, and I, I just found a way to sell unit by unit until I essentially had a company. But even at that point, I was willing to understand that it wasn't a real company. It was one product and it was a struggle and I ended up you know taking night jobs weekend jobs 5 a.m. jobs to like get you know to eat 
and then in the day try to get that that to go. Uh, that was all obviously after traveling the country and trying to drum up sales on the phone and in other ways. And um, you know, just it just kept growing and building from there. I don't know if you'd like me to continue with the rest how it happened, but it, you know, it, you can see where the the building blocks of of just just sheer grit and feeling so, like I was led in that direction uh, allowed me to to keep fighting. So Jeff, because of your experience being an inventor and and really building it up from scratch. Has that uh, impacted the way you treat inventors, you think? Oh, sure. I mean, you know, how do you, when you started off, when, you know, me starting off that way and facing lots of rejection and knowing, you know, that uncertainty, you know, for years, you know, lives within me. It wasn't handed to me. It wasn't, you know, it was a very obscure item, you know, a, a shelf for the top mm -hmm. of a bunk bed. I mean, how many people need a shelf for the top bunk of a bunk bed? I mean, so... You know, it was a, a limited item, but I guess I always knew if I just got my foot in the game, uh, so to speak, of business and just started going, that kind of opens other doors and opportunities that you can't understand what exists until you just jump in. Sure. So knowing that it's a struggle, I, I do always want to to lend a hand or advice or help to inventors um, mm. because I know I can I could definitely think of plenty of mentors or people that fielded fielded my emails or calls or, or or said something and and maybe to them it was minor but every little piece kind of assisted along the way nice hey Courtney let's jump over to you for just a minute sure okay so you're coming up with ideas and how did you find Jeff and Dormco and why did you start inventing um for things for a dorm when you didn't even go to, I mean, you, you learned, you came up with ideas because you went to school and you, you had a dorm and you know, knew that you needed extra space. I mean, tell, no. tell us your story. How did you find Jeff and how did that all come about? Yeah, so I have been to a community college. Um, I do have associate's degrees. Uh, I've never been to a dorm, uh, never been um, to a university. Uh, I've never seen inside a dorm. Um, so I actually did not start off in this industry either. Um, okay. My first product that I started out wanting to license is the keyboard desk, uh, originally called the key desk. And that was what I wanted to start off with. Um, I had this problem. I came up with the solution. There it is. Um, and I actually started in the office supplies industry and I made a hit list. And I had about 30 companies in there and I knocked every single one of those out. Um, and there was no market for it. No one was interested. So I thought what other categories could I have this product idea in? And I came up with a couple other ones which were all uh, knocked out. Um, I tried kind of the organization area for home decor um, I kind of tried gifts a little bit, novelty. I tried DRTV. Um, and then I looked on a trade show database. And uh, one of the categories, which I was not even aware of, was uh, a school. And I clicked on school and I went down and there was maybe uh, 100 companies in there, maybe a little less. And I just went down that line and decided if it 
worked really well for the product line or it did not and I'd either put them on my hit list or I wouldn't and I'd say about the eighth one down um, I found Dormco and it felt like it was going to be a pretty good fit so I reached out to Jeff and that's kind of how our relationship started. Well how, how did you reach out to Jeff? Was there a link? Was there an email? How'd you do it? There was an email on the website and I emailed that and I did not send my sell sheet right away. Um, I asked if they took uh, outside product ideas and uh, Jeff said yes. And uh, I sent him this uh, sell sheet, which you can see on the left. Mm -hmm. And then the rest is history. So Jeff, we'll, we'll, let's go to you now. Okay, so. <laughs> Uh-oh. So so, so Jeff, you, you get all these emails from everybody. What do you do with all those emails? I mean, that sounds kind of like you're opening the door wide open. Well, yeah, the door the door seems open, open right? But I mean, um, I know the dorm industry. Like, I've just I've just spent my life, and it feels like right now this is like 20 years later. So, I I can look quickly and say if that's a that could be a fit or maybe not a fit. Okay. or or something along those lines and so i do my very best i may not always succeed but i do my best to try to reply to everyone and give it a look because there could be a winner there could be something that fits and um something that you know helps the inventor something that helps our organization um you know we have this this deal with courtney we have uh there's two other deals that we have with other independent inventors and and with products that we have with them it's their only product they've ever made or licensed so, you know, we know that there's there's items out there um, okay. that are waiting to be found within this industry. So for me to not to ignore it or to get to a point where I've oh, I'm too good for that. That's that's crazy. That's <laughs> um you know the you know the industry needs uh, new inventive great items and it's fun to have and it's it's enjoyable. You know I I kind of enjoy that part is is trying to bring a new product to life and, and working with uh, with someone on it. So um, there's no doubt, yes, some we get some products that absolutely have nothing to do with dorm. Um, and sometimes I even, you know, I'm like, ah, should I even reply to that? You know, this is absolutely nothing with dorm. Is the person even looking at the website? Um, mm. And so some of those may go unanswered because I'm like, okay, they didn't look at the website. I can't look at the email. It's not being rude. It's just a matter of, well, take yeah. the time. You know, if it's a fit or you have something genuine, okay. I'm here. I wanna, I wanna vet it out. I wanna talk to you about it. Or if it's, if it's, or even if it's a good item, but it's not for me, mm -hmm. I just want to give that little bit of encouragement too to say, hey, it's, it's, it seems like it has merit, but it may not be uh, a Dormco product. Um, just so that person knows, hey, they okay. have a, they have a path. Jeff, thank you very much for pointing that out. And that's a very important lesson. Everybody's listening tonight. You really have to understand the company's business. Spend some time on their website, look at their products, look at the price point, look at the yeah. material. If there's a mission statement, a blog, please read it. So when you do send your idea in, you're not wasting your time, but you're not wasting the company's time too. Because sometimes that's why they don't reply back. Jeff, that complaint we've heard repeatedly. So yeah. hopefully with well, these. You know, the, the thing is, it is a genuine complaint. And the only thing that I ever worry about for this isn't is a worry for myself. Obviously, my roots are with inventors. I am. I'm every inventor listening with one idea. Um, but I, I feel like other companies that don't have those roots mm. just end a blanket statement of like, oh, you know, 
throw that in the delete that it's spam. And that's a yeah. shame, but when there becomes enough that just don't fit, companies mm -hmm. make the decision that it's not worth their time. I still think that that's their loss. You know, I'd rather, you know, just at least give everything a look. But it would be easier and better, of course, if everyone was like, hey, I looked this over, you, you saw this and this, this would fit in perfect here, and this is why. Or, or, or something that, that genuinely fits versus trying to make something fit that, that doesn't. Um, okay. you know, it just takes everybody time to, to not, it just ends up being spam if it doesn't fit. Yeah. So, so Jeff, what do you like to see inventors submit? You like videos? Do you like sell sheets like Courtney submitted? That was my question, Which, Andrew. I know. I, I love stealing <laughs> questions from you, Stephen. That's my favorite thing to do in life. Um, <laughs> what, what, what what do you? What mistakes do you see people make? What really gets your attention? And you know, you think, like you said, you're an inventor. You you might not give it the six seconds that I think an average marketing manager would. Where if they're not getting it in six seconds, you're toast. You might actually like think on it a bit. But what do you like to see? What don't you like to see? What have you seen? What's your experience there? Well, yeah, I mean, I think everyone should should take take a cue from Courtney. I mean, um, a, a sell sheet is nice you know it's a something just quick you, you know and you can get it you know you look at that cell sheet it's it's got different imagery different ways you could you, you we get i could get that within one second um you know if an idea is buried in a video you know uh, am i going to open the video and watch it maybe i mean i want to i want to but i mean you know as the company grows and as, as the responsibilities and success grows there's a lot to get done and it's like do you have time to open a video and not know what it's going to lead to or is it going to be something irrelevant so it's nice to have something really quick where i can make a decision within seconds and say yes let's, let's talk about it or hey it's not a fit and you know kindly say that but um okay uh, i guess the other thing too is um I, I i totally understand when i started off i was so freaked out by someone stealing my idea i think i made my grandma sign an nda um but you know it's just i'm not going to sign an nda and it's not because i want to steal it but i just what am i signing an nda for for something that like 99 percent of the time is probably not going to be a fit and i'm not going to steal it um you know if you got something that that amazing that you need an nda make it yourself make it just don't reach someone for licensing just go out and just get nighttime jobs, work night shifts and save everything, or just do everything you can to grind until you can make it yourself and, or get patents and, and yeah, go. What we, teach, whole, what we teach our InventRight students is to get a $70 provisional. And right. we tell them what, what you're saying that a lot of companies, they just don't want to sign an NDA, but they're hearing, well, that's my attorney saying, let's look, well, how many products is your attorney licensed? Um, so again, everything we shared tonight is not legal advice. So seek the service of an attorney if you need legal advice. But um, so we always tell people to get a PPA for seventy dollars. Um, do you care yeah, about do. patents with your products? A lot of companies don't, and people are shocked by that. No, yeah, I, I mean the only patent I have is for the bed pro shelf because, like I said, I I was that inventor who thought this is going to be stolen. I need to get a patent, and I I spent a lot of money. I mean. I, you know, hindsight's 2020, you know, it just, it just felt like I needed to do that. And, and I'm sure there'd be someone who has a patent and they could, they could claim the otherwise that it, it saved their item and, and whatnot. But for me and what I've 
created, I found a lot more value in a trademark. Um, I might, uh, I'd have to check the number. It might be over 50 trademarks by now, but I do wow. believe in the power. I do believe in the power of a name. And when you have a name, there's little dispute if someone's using your name. There's a lot of dispute whether or not somebody's using, you know, mm. who's gone around making your product and tweaked it just enough. Um, the name is, is is where I think a lot of a lot of value lies. Is the it. wombat Joey chair pouch or the yak about it entry organizer? Those are some pretty unique names. Can you talk about those? Well, yeah. So, so yeah, yak about it is. Um, you know, a comp I started a company a while ago. It was a failure. Um, it was like maybe ten years ago. I, I want my my passion for inventors was so strong. I started a website called yakaboutit.com. It doesn't exist anymore. But when you if it did when it did exist, it basically only sold and showed off products from independent inventors. So everyone who had an independent invention, they would showcase their item and they would showcase it at the same time as somebody else. And it was kind of like a battle and it and wanted to get people talking about, you know, who, who liked this, you know, this or that item better and why, and just kind of made fun, made it like a, a fun event showing off people who had one item that were just regular people, if you will, not companies. Um, and that was yak about it. So when I had a, wanted to create a wooden product, um, I just wanted something that just, it just wasn't a piece of wood. I wanted just to kind of have a, a fun name for college dorm life. And I just kind of, reuse that yak about it name but that is a a trademark name and 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 whatnot and, and wombat joey that might be trademarked too i can't say that's a successful item i may not have in hindsight i may not have trademarked that if i known it was going to be a flop but um you got to tr keep trying you know you're gonna you're gonna have flops so same, same with dormco dormco 10 items you know we have less flops than winners but even even the flops will exist three to four out of ten will be why do we make that? But we gotta we gotta test and try. My turn. Sure. Hey, um, Jeff. A couple of things. I want to go back a little bit because there's a couple of things you said here that I really like your perspective, and I don't hear your perspective from other people, but I kind of agree with you. Um, you said that, you know, everybody's talking about, you know, we've been talking about sell sheets, cut sheets for years and years and years and how important they are. If they're done well, at a quick glance, you get it, right? There's no wasting time. Videos are extremely popular right now, a one minute video. But what you said about the quick look of a sell sheet, I can tell right away if I'm interested. I like that because if I have to watch a video, I don't know if I'm going to get what I need out of it, right? I mean, it does take more time. It is more. I have to invest more. So mm -hmm. I, I really wanted just to make a point of that. I, I really like that. Andrew, have you heard that before? Yeah. I, I, I like it. And because everybody's saying you have to have a video, and I think you don't. Um, the second thing is to trade trademark. You're right. It's easier to enforce a trademark than it is a patent, isn't it? You know, I, I thankfully I've never had to, but I believe I believe uh, I believe so. You know, I mean, I've had other professionals and in industries with names where they've defended and they've been successful in defending those names, and um, it, it's pretty powerful. And, and you know, even even recently, just 
just watching a Netflix about McDonald's and how the fact that you know he eyed McDonald's, he didn't copy, he didn't copy it because it was the name McDonald's. The, mm-hmm. the the name was special. I think there's just something about a special yeah. name. Even when you think about brands that are popular, you just mm-hmm. hear the name and you're like, yeah, that that just sounds good. It's just it's yeah. gonna work. The, yeah, the name is a name is almost. You know, the product obviously yeah. is everything, but if, if, yeah, be- if the product's everything, the name is right behind it. Yeah, because the patents, there could be variations, workarounds. You got the court system. I mean, even uh, if someone takes your product, a lot of online sellers are, are copying people's products these days. They take the name, too, because you've already built some goodwill, and it's an easy way to stop them. So anyway, I just those two notes were just spectacular. Okay, so let's get back. So um because i want everybody to really understand this process so courtney all right you send that email to jeff right Yep. and when does he ask to see the sell sheet and when you did send it over how long did it take to get back to you were you nervous what did you think were you that typical inventor oh he, he's not he's not responding to me what what type of interaction did you have uh, well, one of the first things he said is, do you have any, you know, marketing, marketing material? Is there anything to, to kind of explain it more? Of course, I was just asking if he was open and he said yes. And so right after that, I went ahead and, and sent my sell sheet. Um, and actually pretty quickly, he responded and said he was interested. Um, but we went back and forth a little bit via email um, and time, more time went past and uh, it kind of passed the time when they would be looking for uh, okay. product ideas. Um, and he said, you know, this is a an interesting product. I, I am interested, but, you know, this is just not the right time. Would you just contact me back in six months and, and we can just mm. go from there and, and see if, okay. if we're both still interested and, and move forward with that? But um, one thing I, I would like to point out is one of the first things that Jeff said um, via email was that they only sell online. Um, mm-hmm. What I found really powerful about that was he was thinking of the other person uh, in mind. It wasn't just, mm-hmm. uh, can I take this for myself? It was also, it, it was a relationship. It was a give and take. Uh, he asked right after he said that he was interested, uh, was would I still be interested if they only sell online? And, and right off the bat, just listening, uh, reading his response, I felt was really powerful um, that, you know, it's it's not just uh, a one-way street. We both need to be happy. And I feel like that's uh, a really important trait for uh, both parties to have. Um, so six months uh, went by. Um, and I hit him up again and he said, yep, I'm still interested. Um, and, uh, let's find a way to make this happen. This is a good time. Um, so, uh, we talked more about the design of it and then, and then. So, so Jeff, let's talk about timing. How important is timing for you? And what was happening? If you remember back, was it a a trade show or were you going on vacation or why, why wait? Why, why, um. Why did you push it back? Vacation? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just Even kidding. he I has do, his I, own I, company. He he doesn't do that. Oh, come on. <laughs> Man. No. no I, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, so dorm, the dorm season, This, I mean, yes. I, so, like, the dorm season is very interesting. It's 
I know everybody wants it to be year round. Everyone's like, well, but there's students still in dorms right now. I'm like, no, no, no. A student in a dorm now is buying pizza and beer and the parents are like celebrating at home that their kid's not there anymore. There's no shopping for dorm <laughs> stuff in October. Um, so really the season is July and August, maybe June, July and August. It's a two and a half months. So we need everything in prior to spring if we're gonna go for it. So we do all of our like development and new ideas in the fall. And if it's in the fall, it can be, you know, worked out, you know, how you know, go through a lot of iterations of it. And we can have it in time for spring. Um, okay. If, if we're, if it's the summer, like that's, that's when you can contact the most because everyone's like thinking a dorm, but that's shoot. We're, we're just, we're just holding on. I mean, because, you know, we're, we're, dealing with uh, tons of orders and all sorts of every fire you could think of. So we're, that's our peak time. We're just like, Hey, let's, let's, let's get through this season and enjoy it and make sure it's a success before we're thinking of next year. Uh, and then when we get too far, you know, in the winter, we just know how long the process takes and sure we could start it then, but we're already spending our time thinking of, okay, how do we take care of those students going off to college this year and, and working on that aspect versus like new product aspect. Mm -hmm. So for what I do, yeah, it is a targeted time of okay. September through December uh, of looking for for the new items that could happen for the okay. you know following year, summer, spring. But sometimes something will be such a hit, or I'll know I'll have a factory that I'm working with that I know they can make it really quick, where I, I ignore that rule. Um, but sometimes I know, okay, this is I just gotta we just gotta push this back because it's it's okay. not possible now. Um. Jeff, well, let's talk about who buys from you. Is it is it uh, the parents that are buying on your site, or are there kids right there? They're going to college. Are they there with their parents that purchase? I mean, how does that all work, or do you know? Yeah, I mean that's that's been the age old question. You know, chick chicken or the egg. I think it's a a combination of both. Um, I, I do think a lot of it is female driven. You know, if it, if it's the son going to college. Does he does he care a hundred percent about how his room's gonna look? I don't know. He might care about his bedding, but his mom cares. His mom's gonna be there uh, trying to make sure it's right. So maybe she's driving that sale. Um, in the case of the, the female high school student, you know, she's excited. She's 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 been looking. Shoot, she's been looking since junior year about what her dorm room's gonna look like, and you know, she might have already decided what company she wants to buy it from, but. We want to interject that and, and be a part of it. So, you know, she she may also not have um, the funds and maybe relying on mom and dad or someone else to purchase or help with the purchase. So maybe a combination type of thing. But she, she might, the female high school student is probably driving where it's going to be from, as long as it's, of course, reasonable, acceptable to, to whoever's helping with it. And then, of course, yeah, some students do pay themselves, and, and that that's great that they, they're able to and do it. And and uh, that happens as well. So it's a, it's a good combination. Um, I'd probably say less fathers, but hey, I'm sure a lot of them uh, okay. do exist and are, are on there and would be insulted I left them out too. But by and large, it is a, a female-driven category. Well, I have, a, I have a critical question for you, Jeff. Do you sell cinder blocks on your website? Well, see, now that would, that would cater to the father. I think we'd be there. So we might, <laughs> we might have just created the next product. <laughs> I was thinking funny coffee mugs that parents would purchase for their kids to remind them their parents were always watching or something. But 
maybe not. Um, Jeff, um, how do you test products? I mean, you got a different situation. You can test pretty easy, right? Right. So, you know, early on, once I, once I, obviously, my the story I shared earlier talked about, you know, the, the mm. struggles early on in the inventor stage, but then getting to the point of launching a website and having all these items, um, I just recognized early on, it didn't matter if I thought an item was great. I, I could not make a mistake of just putting all my eggs in a basket or listening to a factory that tells me they need to have a minimum of a thousand or 500 or even more than that. Okay. I really had to create relationships with factories where I could test. It's so critical because to try to figure out or, or know that I know that everyone's going to want this, you know, you could just end up sitting on something bad and that can take you down. So I just, one of my early concepts was do no harm. If I, if I can try something and do no harm, and then if it doesn't work, the company's going to be okay. Well, then I can try it. So I really, really worked hard. Um, I'm a big fan of China. I do believe they, they know how to make a good item. Uh, I know sometimes in the media they get a bad rap, but I would not be sitting here today without China. I did try to get my product made in the US. Um, a plastic shelf here would have been 25, 30 bucks retailing for $60. Nobody, nobody would have touched it. Um, I wouldn't, wouldn't be able to pay and help all the business aspects in the US that I'm able to. Um, right now up to almost 25 employees and every other business and person that we work with if we did not if I did not make the effort to really learn and understand China so I have over 50 factories there now I I did before the quote-unquote pandemic go there twice a year um, and I really just got to know them they became family I'd have I'd have dinner at their house with their grandma cooking dumplings it was there's just amazing relationship that they were just there's people making product but they're just they have the resources to make them and make them at at a cost that the US consumer is going to accept okay. and um, building those relationships was what you know and building that trust let them know hey this item's good I'll order a lot but you you got to let me try a small amount or I can't do it and the ones that refused to let me I just said okay I'm we're not meant to be partners and I kind of moved along until now I have a like I said, almost 50, 50 or so suppliers that'll that'll do that for me. Yeah, I like that. I, I like that you're 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 able to test and that gets and that have all this inventory and it gives you a little bit more freedom to to see if you've got a winner there. I love it. Um so let's talk about how long it takes. So everybody understands, Jeff, you get an idea, you talk to your factory. How long does it take for them to even send product or get ready for product to sell? Is it two weeks, a month, six months? Does it come over on the water? I mean, what's the whole process? Uh, yeah, great question. So it's it's a long process. Um, of course, you can speed it up by by paying more, um, but typically, be unless I, I just a normal tip of a normal product, I'm not going to do that for. Um, so I'll give them an idea. They'll work on it. Depending on the time of year, it could be 30 days. First sample, first sample is good. Pricing is good. You could you could start making it right then and there. And so then you got another 30 to 60 days. But typically, it's never. There usually are 
more rounds. Um, so say, let's say another round, so you got 30 days. So 30 days initial, 30 day or another round, everything's good. You could say you could order 30, 60 days. It used to be 30 days, but now nothing's 30 days. It's 60 days. So now you're, you're at 120 days. Then you're shipping. If you're talking about shipping right now, it's a mess. Um, a whole container not only is it not only is it not shipping and things are log jammed up because everyone's shipping now but it's also at the record height of cost it's like close to to where to nashville it's close to seven thousand dollars per container to ship so um but in that it's not even taking 30 days it's 45 days mm -hmm. so you're you're really i mean you're looking at a half a year and you're doing good that means you're you're focused on it the factory's focused on it and you're moving um like i said could you could you airship stuff in could just could just spend more and go faster absolutely you could could shorten uh something that you know is such a huge home run um but for me i typically just realize i never know what's going to be the home run a lot of times it's an item i'm, I'm like eh, i'll take a shot on it and then it does way better than i expected than the item i thought would be great you know kind of flops out or doesn't doesn't reach the consumer demand in a certain way so i, I now just kind of keep it steady and, and just think in my head, it's gonna take six months. So thus, our time frame, you know, September through December, we add six months to that. We can have it for college dorm season in 2021. Six months is pretty fast, Jeff. I mean, compared to some companies, I'd say that's pretty darn quick. Um, let's see. So, well, I, I mean, in, in that, yeah, I appreciate that compliment. And maybe for me, that could just be that relationship building through all those factories in China. Like each each one, a lot of companies that do work, you know, overseas or maybe they may work with um, a lot of middle middlemen, if you will, middle individuals. Um, and it takes there's a lot of just uh, that you're trudging through. But I'm I'm actually talking to the engineer that takes a look at it, it's actually going to build it and we're talking on WeChat, which hopefully we'll continue to have. And, okay. you know, it's uh, it's quick. It, it, it can be quick in that way where the conversation is, you know, for example, Courtney's item, I can, you know, talk to them the next day on it. And, and before, you know, if they're going to start working on it, they, now they may not be able to drop everything they're doing. That's why I add 30 days, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that's thus the six months is, is typical. Courtney, how was it? Tell me when you first saw the video of your product or you saw it on the on the, uh, his website or you got a sample. How'd that feel? I absolutely could not believe it. I actually stumbled upon it on his website for the trunk pocket and I honestly was completely floored. I opened it and kind of took a second to realize that this is my product. And, you know, it, when you think about it from maybe Jeff's perspective or Dormco's perspective, uh, they're not spending uh, an insane amount of money on these videos. This is not something that um, is extremely expensive for them to create. It's something, you know, to, to drive more um, sales for that particular product. Certain products have videos, some don't. Um, but for the inventor, for myself, it it was huge to see that and to watch it. Um, it kind of, to me, felt like I was getting a licensing deal all over again, seeing <laughs> that product with someone using it, different uses for it. 
Um, I thought it was really uh, beautifully done and I was very impressed with it. And again, I was just really surprised that there was a video and that I could, you know, watch this video uh, in an actual dorm room and how people use it. So it was very exciting for me to see that. Yeah, I, I got the license of twice. How great is that? <laughs> um, Andrew, let's do this. We got 15 minutes. Why don't we open up and see if we have any questions? Yeah. Uh, and Jeff, thank you. Well, first of all, Jeff, thank you for being so open and and inventor friendly and talking about your business and how it kind of works. It, it gives us a, a different perspective on and how you run your company and how you treat people. So thank you. Sure. So uh, for those of you that are new, you can type your questions into the question box. We got a few in here already. First one for Joe, I'll just kind of shorten it up a bit. Essentially, Joe's saying a lot of people are in studio apartments. Have you ever considered a sister company that would cater to folks in studio apartments? Well, I did. I, I actually launched a website called tinyloft.com. Mm -hmm. And I did so because the dorm season was so short. It just felt like having employees the whole year for it was it was like in the beginning you know it was tough i mean there's there's two months where you're getting sales three months so i was like well what if i do tinyloft.com and, and sell all the same items from dorms for lofts or apartments mm -hmm. um it failed and i and i, th I still own tinyloft.com you know could it could it occur in the future maybe but i think i think why it failed was um my my, my just my just heart wasn't there you know, it was kind of like, oh, hey, we can we can slap a, a, a new sticker on it, calling it loft or apartment, and it'll work. But I just find that anything I do when I don't really put my soul behind it or, or feel passionate about it is just like, hey, this will be a money maker. It just doesn't work. Um, and I th my guess is probably that's why it it didn't connect. Um, so we ended up just cutting the cord quick on it within maybe within a year I just was like no we're not going to spend any more time on this it's just this isn't fun next question is uh we got a, uh, John Veronica a few others are asking how how has your business been affected by the pandemic oh uh, well um you know I, I even when people ask I get a little sheepish to say it but it's it's the pandemic has has made sales surge to levels I never never thought were possible. Um, when everyone was, you know, essentially forced to shop online, you know, our brands, which would, and our product, we were, you know, a small company. If you stop people on the street and say, have you heard of Dormco? I'm sure nine out of 10 would say they haven't. If you caught one, I'd still be surprised. I still think we're just unknown Dormco and Be Your Bed, uh, just unknown names. But I think what happened was with the pandemic, everyone had to go online and they started saying, well, I can't go anywhere. What do I do? And they started making making their home better and organizing with our dorm products, even though they weren't in a dorm or they were looking at their bedding and saying, wow, um, let's make my bedding better. I have time to nap. I'm not working now. Um, I don't know. But Be Your Bed, Be Your Bed just surged to new levels for the bedding. And so, I, I you know, in some ways, I'm embarrassed to say it because I know, do know so many people have struggled during the situation. But uh, for online, anyone online, I should say, not just myself, but others that I know within the industry and, and retail sales online, um, they've seen a net net gain from the, the horrible situation. 
Yeah, we, we've seen an uptick in, in licensing our students licensing products too, Stephen, and it feels a little weird considering some people are really struggling during the pandemic. Yeah, we, it's, it's interesting because um, some industries are doing extremely well. Some, of course, are struggling. It all depends on the industry, but Jeff's right. A lot of people, if you're online and if you've got a product that kind of fits people's, uh, maybe their not so much their wants, but their needs, it's going to do extremely well. Um, overall, we've seen licensing. I think we've seen over 11 licensing deals in the last, I don't know, 20 days or so. So mm-hmm. it's it's more popular than ever uh, in certain industries. We're really glad to, to hear that. So, um, well, Jeff, that's really amazing too, because how many home offices are appearing now that didn't appear uh pre-COVID. I mean, right. everybody's yeah, we, got an office Well, now. what was funny was we, uh, Dormco used to sell, we used to sell desks and the desks ended up selling out during it, but we were actually on our way of just not selling desks anymore because most dorms come with a desk um, and it desk didn't fit because dorms come with it. But then, okay. you know, when the COVID time hit, we're, our desks were inexpensive. They were easy to put together and, mm. and then they ended up selling out. Now we're like, well, do we bring those back? But it kind of doesn't fit dorm because we know it didn't sell older for dorm, but now for home it does. So it's kind of an inner inner question that we have within our organization. Hmm. This next well, one's from Eric. Go ahead, Stephen. No, that's really interesting because how many people are homeschooling their kids too? I'm sure that's helping sales, right? To keep everything organized within that room. It's a mini classroom, right? Basically. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have an eight-year-old daughter, and we were looking at a desk. We decided to use something. Hello, Andrew. Can you hear me? I think he went to work on the desk. <laughs> I think we lost him. He did. I, how, we, Andrew, did we lose you? It's impossible. No. Am I still here? Can you hear me now? Yeah, you're I fine. You now. Okay. I, I was here the whole time. Uh, next question is from Eric. Uh, it's for Courtney. Courtney, did you have a prototype when you submitted to Jeff? Uh, that's an interesting question. I I did. I have two prototypes. I'm actually looking at them right now. One's really thin, and and they both have slightly different designs. Um, so just right off the bat, yes is the answer. Uh, were any of those shown to Jeff? Uh, were they of any importance uh, besides just making sure the concept worked? Uh, dimensions were important for the product, so I needed to figure that out. Um, materials were also important, but um, I'm glad I made them. Uh, they cost me um, maybe $5 to make. Uh, the first one cost me zero with the materials I had around my house, and the other one uh, I had hinges that I attached. Um, and I bought those hinges, but besides that, um, just a more generic answer. I think it's important to have a prototype that you are able to make with very simple supplies, just to make sure you have a proof of concept. It definitely depends on what industry you're a part of. Um, but, uh, I thought it was good to have it for me to understand my product better but uh, I think it really depends on the industry of whether it's a prototype is needed and if a works like prototype or a looks like prototype is important or if just, you know, a virtual prototype um, is good enough to have uh, for your cell sheet. Jeff, what do you need? 
Yeah, you know, just just knowing what the item is in a quick sell sheet. I, I we don't I don't need a lot. Um, I think sometimes maybe people wait till something's perfect, and I don't I don't need perfect. You know, I, if I just need to understand, you know, quickly what it what what the concept is, and shoot, it could be just a napkin sketch to, and 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 a brief description of what it is. Not even anything flowery paragraph. I don't need that or, or the prototype. You know. Within that quick thing, I may say, hey, I don't quite understand her. If I see something, hey, can you share something more? Sure, I can ask those questions. But um, it doesn't take a lot to, to, to try to just understand the concept quick and see if it can be a fit for, for what I'm doing. Great. So we got a bunch of people, Jess, Joe, a couple others, asking what's the best way to submit a product to you for licensing? I mean, they, they could email. They could email me direct. You know, uh, my email is just jeff at dormco.com. Uh, I, I don't mind sharing or giving it out and trying to just get it. Um, you know, like I said, if it's if it's a fit, I'll let someone know. And if it's not, I'm, I'm pretty succinct about saying, telling someone it's not. You know, I don't, you know, give them a paragraph to give them a fake trophy. You know, it would be brief. <laughs> and it'll say, hey, this, this item is not a fit for me. Um, I never want to tell someone it's never a fit for anyone because it may be. You know, uh, I would never do that, but I am brief and say it's not a fit for me. And, you know, of course, some people will, will say, wait, wait, why not? You know, and I don't mind entertaining a question, if, it, but um, sometimes it's obvious, too, if it's not. You know, like I said, from the early on part, just check out Dormco and, and, and understand if it really is a fit. And if it's not, I also don't mind fielding a question. You know, if you if someone had a question, I had a lot of people help me out along the way. So. Emailing Jeff at dormco.com. I may not be able to reply that moment, uh, but I, I do often what I do is cycle through my emails and try to find ones where I may have missed. And I do that like days after sorts to, to see if I, oh, wait, I can, I missed that one. I was too busy at that time, but I'll check it out now and, and try to give a response. Wow. This, this one's interesting from Michael. Jeff, how easily do you disconnect from a flop product, either financially or emotionally? Um, emotionally doesn't exist anymore. I, I don't even know if I'm emotionally tied to something when I launch it because I, I truly make an item because I want to provide value in someone's life or someone is going to get enjoyment out of it or, or, or has something out of it, right? Like I do believe like everyone works hard and I believe like the fact that there's parting with their money for this item that's going to provide this value. So you know, if it's not, if no one's buying it, then, then, then it's not going to provide value for them. I don't, maybe it sounds heartless with it, but I don't, that's just, it's just a, just an idea that didn't work. It's, it's, there's no emotional connection to it. It's um, the financial part, you know, that's, yeah, that's tougher. So it's like, okay, well, how much can you discount it to make someone think that they like it? Uh, and you just kind of play the, you know, get the discounting going to try to, get it pushed through different channels and eventually not, you know, costing you more by keeping it within your warehouse and, and having it that way. So, you know, that takes a little, that takes a little time to see, okay, well, it went through peak season compared to other items when to get these sales. Okay. You know, Christmas holiday season's coming up. Maybe we'll get some sales there. Okay. Well, yeah, nobody really sees value in this. Let's just cut the cord. You know, let's, you see pretty quick. That's why I don't need to test high quantities because you test a small number and they're gone. 
well, then you know. Or if it's taken a struggle, a long time to sell a small amount, then then you just know it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. Good answer. If you guys could start typing in the questions box your thank yous for Jeff, I'll, I'll read a few of them. I won't be able to read them all. Um, one last question here. Lisa says, does Jeff have to worry about prior art with his chosen items? So are you worried about prior patents or things, Jeff? Uh, as if, you know, I guess to clarify, you mean like as if an inventor got a patent from somebody and maybe submitted something, a patent from somebody else? I think what they're probably thinking is, um, when you launch a new product, are you worried you're going to violate somebody's patent? It's it's funny how inventors worry so much about that. But do you spend a uh, lot of time thinking about it? Uh, no, zero time. Well, I mean, you know, when I launch it, I'll look and see if there's an existing product in the market. And of course, just because there's not an existing product doesn't mean there's not an existing patent. But I don't worry about that as much. And, you know... Maybe you should. Maybe you should worry about someone who's sitting on a patent and not doing anything and they could come out of the woodwork. But I'm also not, you know, I'm not inventing. I don't know how to explain it. You know, when I, I don't look at any one item. It's it's the, it's the group of items that's going to create the success. I don't look at any one item as like so unbelievably successful that it's going to like, you know, change society. I don't have those types of inventions. And I think people listening or they're out there and there's definitely been inventions that have just changed society. That's different. That that you should be looking to see if maybe there's a patent for it and really hiring. But with what I'm doing, I'm not. And and it's not an insult to what I'm doing. It's just that these are consumer items that people need. And, and I'm sure a lot of inventors have those basic items that people could need and use and just be better. But they're not life-changing that you'd have to go to those those realms of worry and concern and cost got it well i'll read um i'll read a few thank yous here jamie wrote a nice thank you uh, thank you jeff for sharing your knowledge experience and business with us congratulations ongoing from an inventor to successful business uh congratulations courtney on licensing your product uh thank you for sharing your license story with jeff and his company yeah, thank, thanks you to, to both of you. Um, it's really incredible when you can share your story. Uh, Jess says, awesome info. Um, let's see. Veronica, many thanks to Jeff for his candor and inventor-friendly attitude. Continue success to Jeff. Uh, Miha, Jeff, Andrew, Stephen, Courtney, thank you for this great webinar. It inspired me with new ideas. Uh, Jeff, I think you're going to be getting some ideas from inventors that aren't normally inventing <laughs> porn stuff. I can really tell. good. So just be prepared. Remember that name, Jeff, Miha. Miha's <laughs> <laughs> a good inventor. He is. We know him. Um, Darcy, thank you so much for the webinar. It was so great. Carlos, thanks, Jeff, Courtney, Stephen, and Andrew for the great webinar. Uh, Lisa, thank you guys, all four of you. Mike, uh, thank you for sharing that incredible and honest story, Jeff. Kyle, thank you guys for the great insights and lots of uh, good advice tonight. April, thank you. Great webinar. Um, Matthew, thanks, Jeff, and the InventRight team. So you can't read them all. But um, yeah, Jeff, just know that people really do appreciate you took the time. Jeff just, just got off a flight, like, and he only got home like 10 minutes before this. And and uh, we really want to thank you for rushing to to, to do this and taking an entire hour of your time to share your personal experience. Really great of you. Great. Well, I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah. 
Courtney, you want to say anything in closing and then Stephen? Yeah, you know, I, I'm just really glad that Jeff was able to just explain his story. And, you know, it's, it's not necessarily common that um, the founders or the CEOs um, are also an inventor themselves or started out as one. And so I just want to point that out and, and just say how grateful we are to have him on here um, and tell his story that, you know, he was an inventor to begin with and, and his heart is is still there. That magic is, is still there. He's never lost that. Um, so I, I just want to say, you know, to invent right, thank you for having this platform for us to uh, speak on. But also, you know, Jeff, thank you so much for being a part of this. And of course, continuing, you know, your and I relationship as well as your relationship with invent right. And then just, you know, giving really good informative knowledge uh, to our audience. So thank you. Even. Well, I wish more companies were like Jeff's company, were like Dormco. Okay. Um, very transparent, great products. People need it. He talked a lot about what's important to him. He, he talked about what what's really required. I like it. I wish more companies would would help educate inventors on what they're really looking for and what's important to them. So. Jeff, thank you for for taking the time to educate um, us to to create better products for companies, and hopefully, we'll be submitting more products to your wonderful company. So thank you. And it, and if you do submit to Jeff at Dormco, make sure you've looked through his entire website, front to back, all the products, and you're like, oh yeah, my product would fit in there. If you say, you know, uh, this is a total stretch, it don't don't submit. You, you got to make sure it fits in. And that goes with any company. Yes. You always make sure it fits in their product line. There so you go. I want to remind everybody to take care, keep inventing, and we'll catch up with you guys next week. See you, everybody. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Corey. Bye. 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 Thank you. Bye.